Field and Company NFL insider Miles Simmons from Pro Football Talk joins us now. All right, here we go. Miles Simmons is up as he is on Tuesdays. Pro Football Talk, Peacock, Damon, Adam Hill is with us. Steve Cofield as well. Miles, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, gentlemen. How are you? We're good. We're good. Uh, Adam's analysis today, while I appreciate it, uh, I wanted oh, to come boy. in and Uh-oh. celebrate the Raiders. And I'm not a Raiders fan, but I like to see him do well. It, you know, it's fun for the town. Um, yes. How did you view that game? Because Adam viewed it as uh, really the Packers lost that game rather than the Raiders did anything impressive to win it. I would actually completely agree with Adam Hill on that one because, uh, I mean, look, the, the Packers had so many opportunities to win that game, and if they had competent quarterback play, they would have won that game. And, you know, I don't know if it's completely just Matt LaFleur. I don't know if it's a Jordan Love thing. I, I don't know quite what it is, but, like, man, I, I, I... The first few weeks when I was watching Jordan Love, I was like, all right, you know, there might be something here. And then I watched that game last night, and Adam, I don't know if what it looked like in person, but on uh, the TV copy as I was watching it, and as I'm looking at these interceptions that he's throwing, I'm just thinking, man, what in the world are you looking at? Because nobody of those three interceptions that he threw, Jordan Love, nobody was open. So what what are we doing? Well, I would say, I would argue the on the final play there, that he was open. He just waited way too long. To that's what I mean. But that, yeah, yeah, by that by the time yeah. he throws it, he's not open. Right. Like that's what I'm saying, man. It, it just oh, it's ugly. Well, and then there were the one obviously was deflected, which was just nobody was open. He tried to force one in, got tipped and intercepted. That's just a terrible pass. And then uh, one, the first one, Splain got. I, I don't even. I couldn't tell if you somebody was open because I don't know who's throwing it to. He I threw mean, it right I, to Splain. Well, it, yeah, he threw it right to Spillane, but it's like I thought he was going to the receiver behind Spillane, but the receiver behind Spillane was also covered right. by a corner underneath and then a safety over the top. And that's the same thing that happened in the second interception. Corner underneath, safety over the top. So it was like, what are we looking at? If you have two guys, if, you, if the coverage is bracketed like that, that guy's not open. And like, if you're in your fourth year, I don't care if you've played or not, you need to know that as an NFL QB. Yeah, it's not good. I mean, my, I guess my question you've already kind of addressed it, but I don't want to. I don't want to make you say it again. But well, how did Please he fall? Do. How did he fall off a cliff so quickly? Like I thought he was good for the first two know. weeks. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you, Adam. I, I don't know, and I, I think that that's one thing that Matt Lafleur and company are going to have to really solve over this next bye week because, I mean, if he's bad, then the Packers know that they need to get a new quarterback. I mean, like, if, if he continues to play like he did last night and the week before, like, this this guy isn't it. And you just have to go and you got to find a new QB. And I don't know if it's Kirk Cousins. I don't know if it's somebody else or if it's a draft pick, whatever it happens to be. But they, they, you can't you can't go on with your quarterback playing like that. You just you can't. But it sounds like a recurring theme around the NFL, doesn't it? Right? Can't go on with a quarterback yeah. like that. It's happening in a lot of places. I, I wanted to ask both of you guys – if the Raiders were able to cobble together, say like eight and nine, nine and eight, just miss out on the playoffs, do you think? And I'm not ripping the guy, but do you think Mark Davis, MD, is nuanced enough to kind of grade what he really watched all season and not worry about the record? Because what it takes me back to is last night when Mark Davis is up in the booth calling Josh McDaniels names. Like I wonder if that's going to stick with him. Like decisions like that, whether you go nine and eight, eight and nine, seven and ten, ten and seven, it's decisions like that that would have me worried about his future as a coach. 
You, you mean the decision to not go for it on fourth and what two fourth and one? No, it was it was, it was, it was when no the uh, it was when they didn't throw the ball to the end zone once when Spillane got the interception and ran it to the seven yard line. Yeah. Uh, they ran the ball into the line, then they threw a pass out into the flat, and then I believe they ran on third down as well uh, when it's third and goal from like the eight yard line and never threw it into the end zone one time. That's when Mark Davis reacted very strong. And then I would also throw in, I'm sure Mark wasn't happy when he saw the clock running when McDaniel's at the end of the half didn't yeah, call yeah, a timeout with around 147 left and you know wasted like 40 50 seconds. Yeah, that didn't make any sense either. It's it's something you don't expect from a guy in Josh McDaniels who's been around this league for as long as he has and he's been around somebody in Bill Belichick as long as he has although you know, well Bill Belichick ain't looking too hot <laughs> right now either. So, I mean, it's you just you expect the game management aspect of things to be better with a Josh McDaniels, who is in his second head coaching job, you know, who has, again, been around one of the greatest head coaches this league has ever seen. I, there's no reason to get some of that stuff wrong that he got wrong last night, and but still won. I, I heard a, a comment today, and I'm, it made me laugh. Uh, it was just a question, so I don't want to say the person was making a statement. But the okay. question was, if should the Raiders be worried that if the Patriots fire Belichick, McDaniels is the head coach of the Patriots? Your thoughts? Um, I don't think <laughs> it depends on if you think that that's a bad thing or not. Exactly. If you're a Raiders fan, <laughs> right? True. I mean, is that a worry or is that uh, you know something that you might enjoy? It seems like the the Patriots were trying to prime Gerard Mayo, who is now I don't know what the hell is his title is. I don't <laughs> think it's defensive coordinator because Bill Belichick doesn't like titles and he likes to do weird stuff with them. So I, I don't exactly know what it is, but basically he is the associate head coach right now and they are kind of priming him to take over for Bill Belichick. But I don't know that that's exactly the right move. You know, I think if you're going to move on from Bill Belichick and if things continue the way that they have over the last couple of weeks, there's no doubt in my mind that the Patriots will move on from Bill Belichick. It wow. will be as classy as they can possibly do it, but you can't, it's another way, way you, you just, you can't go on with things like this. I mean, Robert Kraft has already kind of like, hmm. made it clear that he wants the Patriots to be better and they've done nothing but regress over the last couple of years. So if things continue as they do, yeah, Bill Belichick's out. I think it would behoove the Patriots to go in a completely new direction. You know, I don't think trying to make it Bill Belichick 2.0 is going to be any good. And whether that would be Josh McDaniels, whether that would be Mayo, I, I, I think you need a clean break. So we'll see what happens. But, I mean, it, at this point, I would think that Bill Belichick will not be the Patriots head coach next year. And, it, you know, whether it's Mayo, McDaniels, or somebody else, that, that, that's somebody that's going to take over. Mal Simmons is with us. Adam Hill is here. It's Cofield Demon, Finley Toyota Studios on ESPN Las Vegas. I think the combination of McDaniel's and Ziegler have hit on a couple of good draft picks. And I know Adam was pointing out that uh, Jacoby Myers, that's not a draft pick, it's a free agent move, but Jacoby Myers has turned out to be a pretty good signing. Can we can we go a little glass half full here on these guys? Yeah, I, yeah, I think Myers has definitely been productive. You know, I mean, unless you're Aaron Rodgers and you think that they need to feature De, uh, Devontae Adams more, okay. which, okay, I mean, that's his buddy. I get it. That's fine. But, like, they won the game, and it's not like Jacoby Myers was being unproductive. And, you know, I don't think that Jimmy Garoppolo was a bad free agent signing either, honestly, at the rate that they got him at 
And look, the quarterback play you're going to get from Jimmy Garoppolo, you know what it is. It's above average. You keep him in the middle of the field and on those timing routes that are intermediate, he's going to be great. It's the stuff that he, where he has to get a little bit out of structure. If he's throwing it outside the numbers, that's where we might have problems. So I think from that perspective, like you understand what they're trying to do. And Aiden O'Connell doesn't look bad either. You know, I mean, we don't know what he's going to be yet, but you know, I thought he handled himself pretty well uh, against the Chargers a couple weeks ago. So we'll see how this continues to go. I mean, they, they need to get more wins and they need to stack blocks and they need to get wins against teams where you're not looking at it and you're like, golly, that team just blew it, right? Or the Denver Broncos. And even <laughs> when you play the Denver Broncos, you didn't score more than 17 points. And that defense is one of the worst in NFL history through five weeks. So Miles A. Simmons up on Twitter. I didn't check your social media last night. Sorry to cut you off. But I don't know if you were one of the many people who were complaining for three quarters about no targets or very few targets for Devonta Adams. I was watching uh, the Manning cast and Peyton Manning was like really joking about it heavily when they finally Mm -hmm. threw to him. So what did you think? I mean, a lot of people are saying, hey, they're just using him as a decoy tonight. Well, I mean, A, I don't know that he's fully healthy, right? He's got the shoulder injury, so like maybe that is part of it, that he is a decoy. But if Devontae Adams is out there, you expect him to get something, right? You expect him to be a featured player. Um, because they won, it's not a big deal. If they hadn't won, it would be a bigger deal, I think. Um, but, you know, it's, it's one week. It's a week-to-week league as I start using cliches. I, I, don't, I don't think it's that big of a deal for, for what they did because you saw that Jacoby Myers was being productive. So it, that, that, that didn't bother me as much last night. But if it, if it becomes a more routine thing, then yeah, it's, it, I think that that's a problem. Yeah, I think it was largely injury-related. Injury and let's also make sure we point out, which I think people have missed, yes, it was only four targets and four catches, but when the Raiders needed a drive and they're down – in you know the end of the third quarter, first play of the fourth quarter, they finally scored. When they needed a drive, three of four plays, they went to Devontae Adams, and he caught all three of those uh, as big pickups on that j- drive that proved to be the decisive drive. So they right. did still go to him when they needed to and when they needed to make a play. Yeah, exactly. And that's the kind of thing you're going to do. I mean, you don't want – when you have a, a guy who's a receiver and he is that important to the offense and he's got a shoulder injury, you don't want – to expose him too much to potential further injury, right? So that's why when it becomes, oh, this is a big drive, this is when we've got to have it, that's when you go to your got to have it receiver. And if you can get away with not doing that and not putting him in harm's way, then yeah, you, you kind of want to do that too. All right, Miles. You know, we're, uh, we come up short on topics. So I'm going to go to the topic wheel and let me see if I can come up with a typical oh, fun. topic. Let's do the wheel, get some sound. <laughs> Wow. He had that ready. He had that ready. That's pretty janky. Um, On the topic wheel, Lamar Jackson sucks. Um, So that's always a sports radio standard to go to. Let's build build this around. I just came up with that. Let's build this around (laughs) this soundbite of RG3 defending one Lamar Jackson. Listen to this. What is Baltimore, right? I played there for three years, last three years of my career. I know the identity of what they want to do inside of that building. But right now, Lamar Jackson is not getting any help from his offense around him. Defensively, they're great. Second in points per game, uh, giving up. Second in yards, giving up. But offensively, having eight drops. Now, Larry, you're a wide receiver. Eight drops in the greatest American football league in the world is never acceptable. So I'm hearing guys talking about, oh, well, Lamar Jackson needs to be better. He needs to do this. The real question we need to ask is, is he getting enough? 
out of the guys around him on offense before we start talking about his contract. He's out there fighting for his fudging life, man. I don't know what more the guy can do. What the fudge? What are you doing with the fudge? Oh, I just did it. Uh, all right, Miles, what do you think? I thought that was a pretty good take from RG3, or is he defending him too hard? No, I don't think he's defending him too hard, actually. I, I watched that game closely on Sunday, and I, I kind of felt the same way. Look, there were easy touchdowns that were dropped, right? And maybe one to Mark Andrews was not easy, but it's a play that he gets paid to make, and it's a play that he is expected to make, and he didn't make it. And you got another one, I think it was Bateman that dropped it. Zay Flowers had a drop over the middle. It was one of those games that I call it a program victory for the Steelers because it's just one of like they shouldn't win that game right pittsburgh should not have won that game pittsburgh should not have been anywhere close to being in that game but they did win it because that's the kind of thing that happens under mike tomlin it happens once or twice every single year it's a program victory i don't understand it i don't know why it happens i don't know what happens when they start playing renegade and they wave those stupid towels around but that's what happens in pittsburgh and so that's what that game was I don't think Baltimore will be bad for the rest of the season. And I think that, you know, the, the whole Todd Munkin thing, and now he's the offensive coordinator, obviously they're not going to throw the ball around for 350 yards a game. I didn't think that they were going to do that in the first place. But there is a way that the, the Ravens should get more consistency out of their receivers. And I don't think uh, Bob Griffin is wrong about that. I don't. Miles, I've got to ask you, me and Steve were talking about this yesterday. Do you think that Joe Burrow is healthy and he's finally getting right? Or maybe Jamar Chase was right when he said, I'm always open, just throw me the ball. Uh, yeah, he said he was always fudging open, I, I believe. Uh, I think that it's a little column A, a little column B. Uh, Joe Burrow definitely looked healthier against the Cardinals than he has most of this season. And, you know, when you look at that that dominating loss that they had to the Titans, he just he didn't look himself. And so he was saying during the week that it was the best that he'd felt coming out of practice. And I think that it was partially, you know, you you feel better, but you also have to know in your brain, like, hey, I, I got to step up and I got to do something. Because they escaped with a victory over the Los Angeles Rams a couple weeks ago, and that was kind of like their first must-win. And then they go to Arizona, and they have really another must-win against a team that is scrappy, plays hard, plays well, you know, and it's not a pushover as we saw with the Dallas Cowboys a couple weeks ago. So that was a big game for them. And, like, it's one of those situations where when the, your back's against the wall – and the chips are kind of down. Oh, what are we going to do? Well, we're going to lean on the people that we know are great. Right? So we lean on Jamar Chase. We lean on Joe Burrow to do what he's got to do. Uh, do we have to spin the wheel again? Or we just do we just move on? I think you have a topic ready to go. I do. But I, I, was, I, I don't do know. Do you want to change it? But I wanted to spin it just to set it up, even though I wasn't going to – I didn't need it. I didn't, well, I didn't know I if like, we had to. I liked the wheel. The wheel yeah, is I liked, fun. I like the wheel. It's fun. He's going. Uh, kind of a little harder than that, Steve. It was a it was a half. Like, on, the, on the prices right, they'd be like that didn't go around. Well, I dropped full, it on my foot, so I was kind of angry. So, but I wanted to get out. Uh, I will. I will just throw this out to you, and if you know what I'm talking about, just go ahead and answer. If you don't, I'll explain it further. But will Taylor Swift fans save us from artificial turf in the NFL? Oh, they certainly might. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like. <laughs> Uh, Travis Kelsey, though, is going to play this week, fortunately. Um, if, if he didn't, then we really might have a case here. Yeah, it's this the slit film, I believe they call it turf, that is in Minnesota. It's one of the few uh, stadiums that still has this kind of turf, which is not good and which everybody has said is not good for years and years. What's interesting to me, uh, there is this new sort of turf that they've got, they've got in uh, Tennessee, 
and it's got it's filled with sand as opposed to the rubber pellets and i haven't really seen many people talk about it but that's one where i'm kind of interested in seeing like is that really the better solution because i just feel like if we can put a man on the moon and we can do all this stuff why can't the nfl take a billion dollars and create a study that will make the greatest playing surface that is artificial of all time why can't we just have really good turf? I feel like the NFL should just set aside a billion dollars and probably wouldn't even take a billion dollars and just do that. Or, and then if you, know, you want to... But Adam, that's not practical. And it, I'm, I'm nothing if not practical. Like, it's not practical to say like, oh, let's put grass in SoFi Stadium. They're not going to do that. It's not happening. Right? They're not going to put grass in at... Um, they took out the grass at, at Charlotte Stadium, Bank of America Stadium, because... David Tepper wants to have more concerts in there, which makes sense as a, a venue for... They need an artificial surface. So if we're going to have artificial surfaces, this is why I say it as a compromise. Right, let's figure out what is the absolute best playing surface we can have and then put it there. But yes, if Travis Kelsey had been out for this game against the Denver Broncos on Thursday night, which I hear a rumor that Taylor Swift is supposed to be in the crowd again then yeah we the swifties might have been really really upset and uh, you know maybe they would save us from this artificial turf on, on a somewhat related story i mean I, I think a lot of people have seen the video of the turf being placed down at the tottenham stadium uh mm -hmm. this weekend it looked horrifying uh yeah. it was basically a parking lot with like a a, uh, a thin carpet laid over it and the, and the a lot of the players in the in the game were very much complaining about the surface how are we allowing this as the nfl i mean i know how we are it's silly uh, it's yeah, funny but uh, yeah. This is ridiculous. It absolutely is ridiculous. And it's even more ridiculous because it's a stadium built specifically for the NFL, right? So it's not like the NFL just went in there and said, oh, well, this is something that's already happening. Let's do what we can. It's, no, this stadium was built to have the NFL there. So they have a grass field that is used for uh, soccer games, football games, as they call them over there. And then when we come with our American football teams, they put this little turf down over the concrete. Honestly, it reminds me of what used to be in St. Louis at the Edward Jones Dome when I used to work there. And then they have to play on it. And it's not a good playing surface. It's just not. And we saw multiple injuries happen in that game between the Bills and Jaguars. And we'll see what happens this weekend between the Titans and the Ravens. But yeah, it's, it's not acceptable to me that you go into this place that has grass and you don't play on it because you have this other surface that clearly is not good enough. So that's why I say that we need to have this study where the best artificial turf surface can be found so that we're not having these kinds of discussions anymore keeping it with the jack shad Khan, he wants to use a lot of public money to get them a new stadium in jacksonville but still play across the pond when is he going to come to a census just move the team to london uh i don't see <laughs> i think that if he could if he thought he could get away with it i, I bet he, he probably would i mean it's interesting that the jaguars became the first team to play back-to-back -back games over there this year and of course they were not the they weren't the home team in the second game that was the bills on sunday so the bills gave up you know a home game to do that um but i just feel like they know that it's not going to work practically right now and you know until we get like concord planes again or that you know don't exert supersonic booms that make 
you know, people really uncomfortable in their homes. Like, I, there's no practical way of saying, okay, we can have this team in uh, across the Atlantic that it takes eight hours to get to from the East Coast. When, how would that work if you've got to play a game against a team in Seattle? It doesn't make any freaking sense. And like, how are you going to get players over there if, you know, Seattle cuts somebody and you want to claim that guy on waivers and he's got to go all the way to London? The practicalities of it are wrong. So what I think is more likely to happen is we're going to see more and more international games where it becomes, okay, starting week two or week three, we got this international game and that international game, and we keep going down the line until it's maybe week 13, as opposed to what it is now, where it's just a few weeks. I think the international series will continue to grow and grow and grow, as opposed to a franchise full-time over in Europe. Miles, we got to close on this one. The uh, I don't have anything in terms of apparatus to measure this. The coolometer, or I guess uh, currentometer, I got laughed at earlier, as I do often by... Uh, Damon and Adam, you know who Sexy Red is? No. Yeah! Oh, come on! Come on! Ski! Ski! You didn't watch Hard Knocks? I have no idea. What are you guys talking about? Do that that noise again. No, do that noise again. Let's see what... We're we're on video, so I want to see what... Ski! Ski! (laughs) Pound Town? He doesn't know! Come on! I don't either, but I saw Sexy Red... Uh, one, uh, pimping for uh, Trump last week, and pe- a lot of people got mad. Uh, two, she was hanging out at the Jets game and was seen speaking to Sauce Gardner. So you better learn. Well, Sauce P- brought it to Hard Knocks. The entire Jets team was singing and yep. doing the sound on the Miles. field Miles. Hey, during Hard Knocks. Come on, Miles. Sexy Red, two X's. This is twenty-five uh, an years adult old. Film star? Like, oh, is she's a rapper. rapper. Oh, hold on a second. She's got a sex <laughs> tape that just came out. I knew that. You didn't. Did you know that? Sexy, she's a rapper. Yes. I'm sorry. Sexy red sounds like an adult entertainer. That does not sound like I like. I don't. I. I this. I've never heard. She's I don't multi-talented. Know Her hit single "Pound Town." You never heard "Pound Town." That could be. His, that could be also be an adult life. entertainer. By the way. You gotta, you gotta show more of a yeah. distinction. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm no, I've never heard of sexy red in Pound Town. But yes, those two things made me think of adult entertainment. Who uh whose whose duty is it at PFT to kind of cover Shadow the Jets? Can you please ask Florio about sexy red? I I want to now. There uh, he didn't know who somebody was last week and now I can't remember who it you're was. Missing out on traffic. Head, you are missing funny. out on traffic. You better get on the uh, sexy red beat. Someone. I guess so. Goodness gracious. All right, Miles. All wow, right. we started yelling at you. I was so happy that you didn't know, and then they were mad that you you didn't know as well. So there you go. I guess I have some research to do. You do. You do. No dinner for the, you. The rapping, not the sex tape. Get to work. Hey, why not both? <laughs> hey, see you, Miles. <laughs> All right, bye, guys. There he is, Miles Simmons. I didn't know she had a sex tape. So now, and now there's accusations on Sexy Red that she leaked the sex tape of on purpose, which, which, which has been done before. Of course she did. I love that. Uh, I love that Kim Kardashian is mainstream now. She's very respected. We all remember how she broke on the scene. Of course, you do what you got to do. Designing closets, Steve. One more time. Designing closets. That's how she broke onto yeah. the scene. She do that now, or that's what she did originally. That's what she did originally. I didn't know that. Yeah, I was all right. All right. Ski. We'll have more on sexy red uh, next couple of days. I'm into this. I'm very. I don't know what that. No- I now I want to hear that. That's a song. That's in a song. That's yeah, just it's a like at the end of every makes. line. Oh, really? Can we play it on the way back? It's an ad lib, Steve. The, the, com- the Commodore 64 is not going to be able to crank up any sort of music search. Don't get crazy here. Uh, on the way back, 
A lot more on Sexy Red. Nah. Uh, I do want to talk about that turf, though. And this, we didn't set up that Swifty thing the way we need to. This really is crazy. I, the, the social media on this, on Kelsey potentially being out and making Taylor Swift sad, the NFL be, better be real careful about the, the new fans they're courting. They mean business. I don't know if we're good or bad today, but we got some stories. And you guys are throwing me off. Well, you got to listen to Sexy Red during the well, break. You're- this is absolutely a project I will look into because <laughs> I didn't. I did not remember that at all from Hard Knocks, Sauce Gardner, and the Sexy Red and this whatever that is. And then you played me that song, and I, you know, my quick judgment was like, she's no Cardi B. Cardi's much more successful and established for sure. But there, Cardi B was not like successful at one point. So pretty, could she get there? Rose pretty quickly. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she did. Sexy Red does have a following. Apparently, she swept the nation this summer. The okay. song of the summer. Apparently, I had never heard it. That's good. That is uh, that's definitely going on my song list for local jukeboxes. They may not have banned that one yet. <laughs> they probably have. Yeah, they already got to it. Probably. <laughs> it's just so annoying. Or certain annoying. Players, certain players on the well to some people on, who are playing the slots and want you know their kind of music. I would say it got a little bit. There was there was a stretch uh, at Life is Beautiful this year where like as everybody's walking from stage to stage, you could hear it. every group you'd walk past, you just ski to every, like everybody just. I had no idea. Other. Okay, like all right, all right, it's a lot. Um, are we going to uncover something here, or should we keep this quiet and let it happen? Because I, I don't want it to happen. I want you dig into it. Uh, so this is behind the scenes. Oh boy, what's the what's the fellow's name? This seems dangerous. That was he was training on uh, the TI remote. Damon is looking up his name. If you're listening, Damon does not remember your name. I think you're not. Hey, 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 hey. Now leave me alone. It was Will. So, so Will, uh, you know, we're hiring people all the time. By the way, we're always looking for new hosts. So if you have, you know, any uh, feedback on content and you want someone on the show, maybe as a guest or a future host, we're always looking. So we're always looking for people who want to break into radio. And if you're a remote tech, you work the remotes. Maybe that means at some point you're John Von Tobel, which is true. That actually happened. Sure. Right? Now John's doing national radio and and TV. So Will was training over at TI on Friday with Mateo. And I felt bad about Will at the beginning of the show because when I get to a remote, a lot of times I am a little bit intense because I'm thinking about the show and then I have to help our whole setup crew. We have like four or five people who set up the cameras and everything. So I was kind of (laughs) concentrating on that. And I could tell Will – wanted to talk um and then he 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 kind of talked to us a couple times during the show and i'm like i'm pretty quiet during the breaks adam adam knows that you know because i'm usually looking something else up or whatever uh, doing social media so after the show i said i said hey you know what uh sorry i didn't i don't talk a whole lot before the show but nice to meet you and he actually this is this is funny i have to put out this video you remember on friday when we were talking about ti and their chicken fingers mm-hmm. right so at one point, I'm like, oh, maybe we'll get some chicken fingers to try them, the uh, Southpaw chicken fingers. Like, I had very little uh, intent on buying the chicken fingers because I'm like, I don't like to eat during the show. It's not going to happen. And then all of a sudden, two things of chicken fingers show up. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so it turns out afterwards, I asked Will. He's like, yeah, I bought them for you. I'm like, dude, <laughs> like barely working here. You don't have to buy us chicken fingers. Will yeah. makes more money than all of us in this room. Does he have a side gig? He has a main gig. This oh, is he does. Gig. <laughs> yeah. Okay, then I don't feel bad. I actually was going to give him money, but I thought that was really nice. But now you tell me that this could happen. At, well, 
I don't know if Adams run. Yeah, you run a foul of some people. Oops. Yeah. Uh, I never thought of this one. You know, Craig Williams is former comp DJ, legend, legend of the city. Now he's back on the point. He also organizes, very important job for us, a lot of our promotions and our prize giveaways. And Will told you a story, and now I'm like, wait a second, what's going on here? Will told me a story when he got back. He also gave me some chicken, t- some, some of those chicken fingers when he came back. He had something. He's like, hey, you want some chicken fingers? Wow. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I absolutely insisted. I'm like, we are not taking these. You paid for them. You have to take those. And he gave them to me, and I said, oh, oh, I thought they were pretty good. Yeah. The sauce, delicious. The he, sauce. Okay. He even heated them up a little bit, you okay. know? We raved about the fact that they were sauceless and didn't need sauce, which is one of the true marks of a, a very good chicken finger. But you're right. Their sauce is awesome. Yes, so Will comes back, and he's talking about, oh, he just loves radio. He's got a main gig. He works with robots, apparently. So he's like, yeah, this is just fun. I just like radio. And he's telling <laughs> I was a story. worried about paying him back. He's a robot tech. Yeah. This guy's a genius. So, um, and he's telling a story about when he was 14 years old, there was a mm-hmm. contest for a comp. Hey, if you make the best signed comp 92.3, uh, I don't know if that was still the call back then. But, hey, the best sign in Vegas, comp in Vegas, you know, you make this sign, whoever wins gets these concert tickets. So he makes the sign, and I guess it was something where a lot of people were judging uh, who had the best sign. And he hand-drew it. He said his teachers would let him take time out of class to build up this good sign that he made. And he says he comes, but he didn't have Las Vegas on the sign. Craig disqualified him. He said he's never forgotten it. Wait, wait, wait. The end was it? What, what? What? So that's why he got the job here? Wait. I'm not saying that's why he got the job here, but I'm saying Craig should be, you know, Craig should, you know, be walking around these hallways with one eye open. What you're saying is if a robot does something bad to Craig, (laughs) we probably know what, who programmed it? Yes. Okay. Are you embellishing? No, that story's 100%. He he does work with robots. The end of the story where he said, I never forgot that. Yes, he he did say that. How did he say it? Not not in a menacing way that he <laughs> never like, forgot. He just stopped. He goes, and I've never forgotten that moment. Was it like that? It wasn't so <laughs> menacing, but he said he never forgot it. Oh, and he said, and Craig probably will never, he won't even remember it. I think that's the part that stings the most. Yeah. He's like, and did he say, he'll remember now? <laughs> we're going to we're gonna have to put him in the room. <laughs> oh, believe me, he wanted to come on air on Friday. He was ready. He's ready, I he's, he's think ready it's the, the only show. reason he got hired here. Like, there's, yeah. he's got he's planning something. He's got robot money, and, he, and I for he one need to be here. I for one fully support everything Will does. I am a fan. I like him, but I also feel like he, maybe he's trying to rope us into his plan with the chicken fingers. Nope, I'm just That's saying, a good start. Oh, you know, reaching out to people. Yeah. I, I texted the uh, boss of the uh, remote text and the engineer's Jed. I was like, this guy Will, pretty good. I'm saying on the record right now, he's fantastic, and I'm Team Will. Me too. Just in case. Just thank God he didn't have a story about one of our remotes. I was not a judge on any of that contest. I would have voted for Will Sign. Oh, could you imagine? Oh, Steve Cofield robbed me out of tickets. I'm sure there's a there's a couple of people who are bitter about some remote <laughs> giveaway. We had a couple. We didn't have comp giveaways. We had some good giveaways, though. Sure. Wow, Craig. He's been on a long time. That's actually that's a, that's a good feather in the cap, aside from the fact that he disqualified a 14-year-old. That's a good <laughs> feather in his cap that, that, you know, he's been around that long doing radio. And he made a mark. This kid will now he's not a kid. This guy will never forget you. Ever. Hmm. Thanks for passing that along. Yeah. Those robots I feel know safer. where to find him, too. I feel safer. Adam's just gonna keep fanning the flames. Yeah. Not good. Good luck, Craig. <laughs> Nobody tell him about this, you know? Luck, bro. What do you think about uh 
Demond's question about the Jags should just stay in London. Just move there. Uh, just, I mean, they're going to. Don't they're, you think this is a the, setup? The planes they, are coming. They, they've, they've laid down the, the, the plan here. Uh, hey, here's the big Jaguar stadium plan in Jacksonville. When it doesn't come through, yeah. they're going to use London as leverage the whole time. Well, maybe they won't publicly early, but at the very end, they'll be like, sorry, London. Well, Miles made the case about the planes. That is, that is actually the thing. And, and supposedly, they're on their way within the next two or three years. And that's when it's going to happen. Like When the planes uh, can, can travel at that rate, which is you know the old Concords that they don't use anymore, when they can when they can travel at that rate but not have the same sonic impact and just, just cause chaos for citizens everywhere, uh, that's when it's going to happen. And it seems like it's going to happen very, very soon. You could, if you could fly from London to, like, L.A. in, like, five hours, it's going to happen. Is that possible? Yeah, that's that's what's going to change everything. So what's the problem with those planes now? They're just too loud? Yeah, they like create sonic booms and just like, I believe me, not aware of. Have we you should researched ask this? How we loud it is? Will. Yeah, we should ask we should Will. Ask Will. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> He's our new tech insider. He probably High knows. level tech insider. Yes. So go back to explain the. Uh, planes? No, the Kelsey situation with the turf. So that was in Minnesota. Yeah. He got, he's dinged up again. So by the way, so is Justin Jefferson, who's on IR now. Yeah, their own stadium. Yeah. He's on IR? Okay, well he's going. Well, the he's going to be whether he was or not. He's yeah. going to be placed on IR. Oh boy! And this old turf. It's not old, but the, the technology, I guess, is older. Yeah. Only four stadiums still use it. Okay, and the Swifties really did come out. Taylor Swift people came out defending Kelsey and hating on this turf. Yeah, uh, I saw some tweets. Uh, hashtag Swifties against turf started trending. Here we go. Um, one of the leading uh, Taylor Swift fan accounts. Sent out, I'm so devastated for Taylor with the broken heart emojis. <laughs> we know how much Travis makes her happy. She had to be worried. She has to be worried right now. She finally has a man who shows her love back, and he got hurt on artificial turf in all caps. This is so wrong. We can fix this at NFL. No more turf. I hope this is real. This is, and I hope this, this is, is a real. movement. They wanted to court these Swifties. Now you're going to get what you paid for. The NFL itself tweeted out uh, after Travis Kelsey came back in the game, yeah. scored a touchdown. Kel- Mahomes to Kelsey TD, easy money. Another one of the top Swift accounts retweeted it and said, hashtag Swift against- Swifties against turf. It is not easy money. Your player's health and safety is sacrificed on turf. Ban it now. You all have plenty of money. Figure it out. They're not wrong. They're not it wrong. took them two weeks of being NFL fans yep. to realize this is ridiculous. I mean, and, first and, Ticketmaster, now this. And they have the power that we don't. <laughs> they sure All the guys good. who are my age and older. Turf who, will who, be gone in the NFL by the end of the good, season. Right? All the guys who are my age and older who, who uh, pissed and moaned about Kaepernick and they're like, we're going to boycott the NFL. We did nothing. We have no power. <laughs> The group of 17 to 35-year-old women and young men, they have the power. I mean, I, God, I, I hope this happens. I've been for this anyway. Like, I want this to, yeah, want this to happen. This is what we need. There's nothing I want more than Taylor Swift fans to make this happen. <laughs> it's fantastic. And by the way, with Miles, with his grass, you know, the grass is too complicated. <laughs> Every stadium should have, if they can, I don't know what they do. You know what? Screw it. Dig a hole. Every stadium should have the trays. Make room for it. Make it work. Oh, that'll cost $2 million. Too bad. 
wheel in the grass. The Carolina excuse was so so weak. I know it's not Miles' excuse, but oh, they want to be able to have concerts there. Well, here's here's the, win or not. Here's the next step. If she does another tour, and she refuses to play NFL stadiums that have turf. Yep. Yeah. Grass stadiums so only. The, I like them, but the first guy. Wouldn't that be great if Swifties been followed by a Taylor Swift tweet or public comment? On on David Tepper, I mean, someone. Uh, I guess an owner would have to go public and say, "We're not putting in grass. It's not cost effective." Okay, you're never getting me at your stadium. It's, it's gonna, on. What do you want to do? Change. I'm telling all my friends in the music business, no. It's going to change the game. God, I would love to see that happen. Taylor Swift for president. I think that's clearly Wait, what where happened? we're headed. That one, I think that's where we're headed now. That one really She's, quick. She. F- Two weeks, she fixed this problem in the NFL. Well, probably. Done yet? I mean, it's, it will it's, be. It's are you, are you, it will being be focused on. It will be. Uh, we got tickets to see Wu Tang Clan no, and Nas. They're not. They're not going to play any of these stadiums that have. God, this uh, is going to be such a great concert. Wu Tang Clan and Nas in town Saturday, the twenty first, MGM Grand Garden Arena. You can get tickets at axs.com. It's the New York State of Mind tour. Wu Tang and Nas, two tickets. Demond's got them for you right now. Call her seven three six four eleven hundred. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Tomorrow, we've got another edition of the Barry Odom Radio Show after a week off. Back over at Parkway Tavern. Flamingo in 215. 60 minutes of Rebel Talk as they... Lead into the game against Reno in the battle for the Fremont Cannon. The Cannon is sitting uh, nice and snug and safe in the lobby of the FFC. But uh, tomorrow, Barry Odom on the scene with former UNLV quarterback Caleb Herring. $2 beers during the show. Miller Lite, $2 beers. And happy hour right before the show. So uh, 50% off a lot of the drinks over at Parkway Tavern. Food specials as well. So get on over and watch the show live. You can ask some questions. Barry Odom Radio Show tomorrow. And every Wednesday, the rest of the way in the season, starting at 6 o'clock. Uh, been over to UNLV basketball practice a few times. Got some videos up at Steve Cofield at UNLV All Access. You can check out. We'll have more up later today and tomorrow. But had a chance just a couple days ago to talk about one of the newcomers, but he's really returning home in Jalen Hill, a Vegas guy. Was at Oklahoma, coming back for his final year. A uh, guy who can play every position, as you'll hear towards the end of the conversation, but started off the convo with Jalen. Asking him, uh, what's it like now? Official practice is here. You're a couple weeks in. I've had six, seven, maybe five practices somewhere around there. But um, we're really focused on, on the defense end and getting better on the on the other side of the ball. But everybody's been improving. DJ's been great. Um, Jacob, this, this the, all, all, all the new guys have been improving. And even the uh, seniors that are coming, fifth-year, fourth-year guys, I can see a big, a big jump. So Kevin Kruger was involved in your recruitment yep. you know, to land at Oklahoma. Yep. What do you see now that he's a head coach? Obviously, he's been a head coach for a while, but you haven't been around. Well, um, well, I was getting recruited by him when I was a junior, senior, and um, he's the reason that got me over there. But um, I see a lot of his father in him. Uh, he might not see it, but they have a lot of like they do a lot of the same stuff on and off the court. And um, he's he's such a great dude and an even better person off the court. They have made it easy for me to come back home. Because I knew what I was getting getting into from him, other coaches, all of that, and then on the basketball side of it, he, he's such a smart guy on on the court that he he could tell you any, any everything about any player, every coach. He's just one of those guys that he's just a basketball guy, basketball. Yeah, he's junkie. had a 
he's had a pension. We're talking to Taylor Hill. He's had a pension for reaching into the Big 12 yeah. and getting transfers out of the portal. How much did you know the Boone twins before you made the decision? Because it seemed like this was kind of a collaborative thing. Yeah. Like, hey, let's get this gang together and go yeah. to Vegas. Well, when I was coming in on my visit, I found out a week before that they had entered the portal. And I didn't really know him too much other than playing against him for four years. Um, we had some good battles out there. They were our rivals. So, um, but we got, got on our visit. We had a great time here. Uh, we talked about it and we all kind of just wanted, we, we all wanted to win, which was the main thing. And that was a huge part of us, us coming here because we felt like we could rebuild UNLV basketball and bring us back, back to the tournament. Yeah, I wanted to build on that. How much did you know about the Mountain West? Uh, did you follow it at all? Oh, I mean, when you were in the Big Twelve in Oklahoma. I mean, I watched it a lot last year, especially with 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 EJ and Vic being here. I played with them for a couple of years over there. Um, I would come home because we'd have like a late eight o'clock game, but they're two hours behind us. So I'd be able to come home, watch the watch the last half. So I was able to keep up a lot with them last year. Have you talked to Rebel fans at all about? sort of the desire to get back on top of this conference because oh, it's yeah. been a while and people, you yeah. know, to watch San Diego take over the final, yeah. well, yeah. I mean, I, my personal feeling, uh, if you're a Rebel fan, I don't think you'd be rooting for the conference in San Diego nope. State, but that's just me. Yep. But there's a hunger here, like enough's enough. Oh, enough's enough for sure. Um, at the end of the day, we haven't been to the tournament since 2013, 2014, and that's our our want, our need to get back there from a fan's, from a fan side, player side, coach's side. We all want to get there. Because at, at the end of the day, this is a basketball city, and back in the '90s, when when they were winning, this this place was jumping. The Thomas and Mac, when when coach when Coach Kev was here, I came as a kid, kid kid to these games, and I was able to see him play. And Thomas and Mac was jumping in, and that's how we wanted wanted to be back. Last one, can you talk about balancing, you know, coming back here, yep. wanting to get ready for the next level, but yep. also what if the ask is, hey, you got to play point guard for seven minutes here. Now we need to play center for these eight minutes. And I think you're going to kind of be a very yep. versatile guy, right? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, whatever coach needs, that's what I'm going to do. Um, I know by me playing all those positions, that's going to help me get to, to the next level, just like you said, um, at the end of the day. But I got to worry about that at the end of the year, and I want to focus on winning at this point. So, what do you think of going out there for, like I said, you know, five seven minutes in a pinch to play point guard? I mean, that's that's perfectly fine. I've been working all all, all summer. Been talking with coach. Been talking with the with the other coaches, and we just we we talked about that. I've been out there playing point, playing playing the five, four, three, and two. Um, but it's, it's something I feel like I've I've always done done well. It's just just all around guy, glue guy. I can do a little bit of. Everything, so. There you go, Jalen Hill, one of the newcomers, but he's really not to Vegas because he was at Clark, local guy, went to Oklahoma, came back for his final year to play with a lot of other Big 12 players, play for his city, and as I suggested in the interview, maybe upset the apple cart at the top of this conference, which has been really annoying, at least to Vegas people, for a long time. Boise and San Diego State are going to be good again. But uh, I think Kevin Kruger has built a roster, and we said this last year, got a little beat up, got a little beat up, but has built a roster that's got a lot of potential for positionless basketball, and that's why I focused at the end there on Jalen Hill potentially in a pinch playing point guard at whatever he is, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, and he's, he's a strong kid. You know, he's a pretty big guy, so uh, that would be like the third option at point guard or the fourth, but still could be the second. But they have – they built a team now, Adam, with a bunch of dudes who are in that 6'5 to 6'8 range who 
can play the two, the three, the four, and sometimes the five. I think they believe on the roster, um, all varying sizes, that they have five different players that can play the center, so they they can go with a bunch of different lineups. Sure, but to your point about playing point, that's, I think the hope for everyone is that DJ Thomas gets in the shape to play 40 minutes a game and never gets hurt. Right. <laughs> that, that would be that would be. I would – what do you think is a what's a good estimate? What's a good estimate per game? Like I would be pleased if he if he could go out there and give him twenty six minutes, twenty seven minutes a night on average. If it was better than that, awesome. But I also don't want to put like expect too much from the kid, you know, considering he's just turned eighteen. Twenty seven was my number, so we're yeah. we're around the same place. But I, I was, think forty is perfect. I was gonna ask a question. Less is uh, overtime. I'm gonna save this one. Uh, now, you know what? I'm going to save it for another day. Uh, Can you start working into your interviews, ski I, I might and see how they look at me. Um, how do you think VGK is going to play tonight with all the festivities before the game? I think it's tough. I mean, I think, I think it can go either way. I feel like more often than not it goes in the wrong direction where there's just so much emotion, so much so much attention and focus on raising the banner and doing that. And it kind of annoys the other team, I'm sure, where they have to sit there and watch you and – be like, all right, okay, let's start the game. Oh they have to go through all this stuff, and they usually get kind of annoyed and yeah. come out pretty well. So I think usually this goes poorly for teams. I said my God under my breath because if the national audience is annoyed with VGK and their pregame festivities before this, imagine rolling in a big banner unveiling and all that celebration. Uh, Five o'clock hour conversation about Vegas Golden Knights is sponsored by Lerner and Rowe, your personal injury attorneys. Back tomorrow, 3 o'clock. Thanks, Damon.